Welcome to K-Drama School. I'm your host, Grace Jung, and class is now in session. written by Min Hyojung. She didn't write a lot of shows actually. Um, just prior to Full House, she wrote a kind of like it's a, it's a drama that did okay. It's called Oktapang Koyangi, also called called a uh, Cat on the Roof. It starred um Jung Dabin and uh, Kim Nae-won. Uh, unfortunately, Jung Dabin um, passed away uh, due to suicide, which it's it's a common thing among Korean performers, and it's very very sad. But um, so that is how she passed. In any case, um, Min Hyojung wrote the screenplay Full House, which aired one year after Oktapang Koyangi. Full House was directed by Pyo Minsu. He directed a show called um, Worlds Within, which also features Song Hye-kyo, and it's a very very different kind of show. Uh, he also um, directed The Producers which features uh, Kong Hyo-jin, one of my favorite um, K-drama actresses, and um, Cha Tae-yeon, right? And Kim Soo-yeon, of course. And IU, my gosh, star-studded kind of show. Full House is a really interesting kind of show that presents domesticity. Um, I feel like the show is arguing that domesticity, Korean domesticity, is shaped by Korean patriarchy. Like, at the start of the show, you see the the beautiful house that um, that ji lives in, right? Han ji played by Song hye She's living in this gorgeous house with big picture windows. She has this beautiful view of the ocean. There's a little small garden outside of her, um, just outside from her window. And it's a huge house, but it's a mess, right? There's like food wrappers everywhere. There are clothes strewn all over the place. And uh, Song hye is sitting at her desk. She's on, her, she's at her computer and you know she has pigtails she has glasses and she's like typing away she's got this like frantic frazzled writers kind of look i think marianne doan wrote about it about the the girl who wears glasses like she's supposedly the unattractive female right and the curly frazzled hair is also like an unattractive female character quality but like i mean she's played by songyegyo so i mean songyegyo is like drop dead gorgeous so it kind of like Undo- it's it's attempting at that kind of um, pers- like character type, but it's hard to really convince the viewer that she's an unattractive person, right? They do kind of construct her as this sort of out of sorts, she's a bit of a mess, like not quite put together type of uh, character. Um, Han Ji-eun, she lives by herself in this enormous house. We don't know how she supports herself, but we do know that her father built this house. He also passed away along with her mother in a car accident when she was very young. And Han Ji-eun is very infantilized on this program. Like, she doesn't appear to know anything about the outside world. She literally grew up inside a glass house, like a display case, like like a good-for-nothing Barbie doll. But her two so-called best friends, uh, they're deep in debt. They're also pregnant. So what they do is they tell her that she wants some kind of trip to China and that it's all expenses paid. They book her a first-class ticket. They tell her that there are people, like tourists there, I mean, a tour guide waiting for her there, um, that she's going to be put up at a really nice hotel. 
But when she gets there, there's like none of that. Nobody's there. Also, while she's in China, the the these so-called best friends, they sell her house. Uh, they get rid of all of her belongings. They scrape out her savings account, like rob her blind. During that first class flight trip to China, she happens to be sitting next to Youngjae, this asshole kind of actor type played by by P. When Youngjae and Hanjian return to Korea, they get married out of like for contractual purposes. Uh, Youngjae wants Hanjian to make his childhood crush jealous. And the terms are that Hanjian can live with him in his house. Uh, she has to cook and clean for him, which he will pay her, like, compensate her with, like, a small salary. And uh, the terms are that Hanjian will get the house upon their divorce. Her only, um, con like, condition is that, like, she is not allowed to speak on their contractual marriage. So, like, Hanjian is there, like, she's always cooking, she's always cleaning. It's this constant thing. Throughout the episodes, you see Hanjian like wake up super early to make Youngjet breakfast. And a Korean breakfast has a lot of elements to it, right? You have to make the rice, you have to make soup, you have to make the panchan. It's it's a huge thing. And he insists on having pop for breakfast. He wants rice for breakfast. He doesn't want to just have toast and eggs. Like he's like, no, nah, like that's not good enough, right? She's always wiping down those enormous windows. She's always mopping. She's washing dishes. She's constantly conducting housework meanwhile you see Youngjae lying around on his couch in delight he's like making demands he's yelling at her all the time constantly nagging her berating her he calls her stupid he calls her a chicken um and thank god like he doesn't say chicken head because that's got a whole nother connotation in english and hanjian does all this work begrudgingly it's very clear from her facial expressions the things that she says that housework does not come naturally to a woman it is not fulfilling right um it's not something women enjoy it's hard labor and it's repetitive, okay? It's labor worth being compensated for because it's very demanding. Hence the 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 hourly fee that Youngjae offers her. And the house that she gets to keep at the end of the contract is also compensation for her hard labor. So Full House does have a very subtle feminist critique embedded in there. What's also clear is that Hanjian never felt the need to be domestically laborious until she started living with a man. Before Youngjae started making demands that she cook a huge breakfast for him every morning at 7 a.m., you know, before he started complaining about how messy the house is and Hanjian had to like, you know, do all this cooking and cleaning, she had a pretty chill life. As we've seen from episode one, the house was a mess and she was perfectly happy living in that mess, eating instant foods all the time. Also, Hanjian is starting to develop a career as a writer, like a screenwriter. She needs to produce a synopsis for her boss like every single week. It's very demanding. And she can't always meet the deadlines on top of Youngjae's domestic demands at the same time. There's a pretty strong suggestion that a working woman who has domestic responsibilities have it very tough and that it's impossible to perfect both without exhausting oneself. In Professor Kathleen McHugh's book, American Domesticity, from how-to manual to Hollywood melodrama, she writes the following. Housework is trivial, dull, stultifying labor, work only a woman in love or impoverished would willingly do, repetitive, strenuous, endless, infantilizing. 
And then McHugh separates domesticity from housework, okay? While housework has these negative connotations built out of a feminist critique, domesticity has different associations. So this is what McHugh writes. She writes, domesticity by contrast refers to home, family, maternity, warmth, hearth, to the creation of a private place where we can be who we really are to a set of experiences, possessions, and sentiments that are highly symbolically valued in our culture, right? So at the end of Full House, you see Han Ji-yeon and Young-jae tidying up after a house party, right? Together as a couple, they're fighting over who's going to clear the table, right? It's safe to say that Han Ji-yeon went from houseworker to a domestic woman after getting remarried to Young-jae out of mutual love and respect, whereas in the first um in the first like 15 episodes it wasn't quite like that also Youngjae got a taste of his own medicine when he moved into Hanjian's house post divorce because he had nowhere else to go and uh so he agreed to cook and clean for Hanjian now that she's a big shot screenwriter and he's at her mercy right cuz his the film that he was in flopped and his career is marred by scandal and all this shit. So there's one scene when Han Jin's eating cookies on the, on the couch and while Young just wiping the floor, you see her cookie crumbs falling onto the floor, right? And the camera is like very low. It's like down eye level to him on the floor and she keeps dropping crumbs. He keeps wiping it and then she drops crumbs again, rewipes it. And then eventually he just blows his stack out of frustration. You know, he thinks she's being so inconsiderate. He thinks she's doing it on purpose. And she's not. She's just eating cookies. That's all she's doing. But it's an it's an important learning lesson for Youngjae, right? As a man. And for him to see what kind of demands he put on Hanjiun at all times to routinely clean up after him, which was annoying as hell, and that that cleaning up is an endless thing as long as there are people living there you will always have to clean and it's very routine it's very repetitive and it never ends so in this sense full house has a very empathetic framing of the houseworker as well as the working woman who has domestic responsibilities but it also glamorizes i think it glamorizes domestic achievement and heteronormative coupling as the end game full house would have been a very different show in the end if young jae just like went away completely and han jian just return to her pigsty life back at her house and she's a successful screenwriter and it almost did have that ending by the way and then young jae had to move back in make his weasley return in fact han jian became the glue that patched up young jae's familial structure back together like especially because young jae and, and his father have a very strained relationship because his father is a doctor he's an overly patriarchal violent kind of man and jiun has this gap in her own life where she lost her parents she's an orphan and so young just family fills that gap for her ultimately this can even be read as jiun wanting young jae solely for his parents and grandmother in her life right to make up for the loss that she endured young jae just becomes a catalyst for her to get to that achievement to to gain back a family that she lost. But of course there's love as well. Hence this is a romantic comedy. Han Ji-yeon is played by Song Hye-kyo, right? She was so young back then, little lady, only 23 years old, so young. And Song Hye-kyo has a pretty interesting career. She started out as a commercial model in her teens 
And then her TV career actually began in sitcoms. A lot of people don't know this, but I grew up watching her in this sitcom called Hengjin. Like a lot of people from her generation of acting began in sitcoms. You don't have a lot of Korean sitcoms these days, but um, quite a few people started out in sitcoms. Like Song Seung-un, he started out, you know, in a sitcom called Namja Set Yeo Set. That was hugely popular. If you're about my age and you're Korean, Korean American, you know what I'm talking about. And then Song Seung-un and you know Song Yi-go, they both left the sitcom world in order to do a melodrama, right? Called Kal uh, Dong or Autumn in My Heart, came out in the year 2000. Uh, and what a depressing show that was. I was at the peak of my adolescence at the time, and people my age who grew up watching Korean dramas are all probably frozen in a state of depression because of that show. Like, it is so messed up. The screenwriter was brutal to the characters in that drama. I don't know why. It, like, they just, she just didn't give the protagonists a break. Song Yi-go did another very heavy drama called All In in 2003, opposite Lee Byung-hun. And she was briefly engaged to him, but they broke up. I love Song Yi-go because um, her performance in Full House is like, you know, you could really see her flexing her comedic muscles on that program, which she honed during her sitcom days. And she did some like very melodramatic performances in the years prior to this, you know, they were very heavy. So it was really great to see her be playful on a show like Full House. Song Yi-go was also pretty famous for dating like her, um, co-stars right like she almost married Lee Byung-un and thank god she didn't because I mean she almost got syphilis most likely already got it no I'm just kidding I don't know if Lee Byung-un has syphilis he most likely doesn't but I'm pretty sure he has some other things he's very slutty looking what can I say he looks slutty and evil that's that's just my opinion she dated her co-star Hyunbin Okay, yes, they dated. Can you believe that? They dated after they starred in that show Worlds Within together. They were playing um, drama PDs actually my goodness, yeah. Then Song Yi-kyo married her co-star um, Song Joong-ki from Descendants of the Sun, right? And it's too bad that marriage did not last. I was very shocked when I first heard that they were dating. And then I was even more shocked when I heard that they were separating. It was like very, very shocking news for me. I, I really dig um, Korean star goss. I do. I'm into it. And I think I think it's pretty tough being the most beautiful woman in Korea. A lot of people say it's Kim Tae-hee, but I am team Song Yi-kyo all the way. It's just, I grew up with her. What can I say? Speaking of Kim Tae-hee, we all know her current husband who plays Young Jae, right? P, also known as Rain. Okay. P and Song Yi-kyo were very young in this drama. They were just kids. Their faces are still dripping with baby fat. It's adorable. Full House is not P's first drama. He was in a really weird melodrama called Sangdu Let's Go to School, uh, opposite Kong Hyojin in 2003. I liked P's performance in Full House a lot. I felt like he and Song Yi-kyo had great comedic chemistry together. Um, they don't have, they didn't have a lot of range on that show, honestly, but I would, I would say that that's the screenwriter's fault. It's like literally every single episode of that show, there are 16 episodes, but like 15 of them, it's about the, the, the peak conflict is like one of them is being kicked out of the house or like packing up their bags to leave the house because they can't stand being in each other's presence. It's really ridiculous. I was like, can you just kind of think outside the box? for a second and come up with a different form of conflict. It's so annoying. Today, we're going to talk to one of my favorite LA performers. Her name's Natisha Anderson. And you've seen her on Maria Bamford's Netflix TV show called Lady Dynamite. You also saw her on Nickelodeon's All That. You've seen her on CSI. 
She was also in a TBS comedy series called Angie Tribeca. And Natisha's not only a really great actress, but she's a hilarious stand-up comedian. And she's also a very well-trained professional clown. Like, I mean, she's got some clown stories. I learned so much about clowning from Natisha whenever we talk about it. And I'm very excited to speak with her. So let's talk to Natisha Anderson. Are we doing it? Is it doing it time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're good. Okay. I'm good. I I feel uh, I have a lot to be grateful for. That's nice. That's yeah. a good feeling to have. Yeah, I have somebody gave us these matching pajama onesies. Oh, wow. And I've never been the person who's like, let's get matching clothes. And somebody gave us these matching pajama onesies. And they're so like they're so big, the crotch comes to your knees <laughs> on them. And it has a hood. So it's like a big like potato bag. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> I'm that lady now. I'm like... Oh, you're so cute in your matching pajamas. <laughs> you're so cute. I'm that lady now, and I never in my life I made fun of that lady, and now I'm that lady. You're talking about uh, Korean dramas, Korean TV shows. Yeah, some kind of yes and no. Um, okay, that's yeah. awesome. That's like perfect. I, I I saw like saw that what you're doing, and I was like, oh my gosh, yes, this is so like good for you, and you're like the queen of this. Yeah. Yeah, I figured I'll just I'll just do this. Why not? I mean, it's not like I have any job prospects, you know. It's funny like when I when I was graduating from college in 2009, I graduated into a recession and then this year I'm graduating into a pandemic. So, it's like Yeah, I don't know what's with me and schooling. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But you did it. You hung in there and now you're are you a doctor? Doctor? Uh I guess I'm gonna be in yeah! June. <laughs> Doctor Grace, you need like a Doctor Grace like party or something, or a Doctor Grace party, yeah. or like when you do stand up, you should be announced as Doctor Grace always, <laughs> always be Doctor Grace. Yeah, I don't know about that. I I think that would sound too weird. I don't know if I could handle it if somebody right. called me like Doctor Jung. Like I I think that'd be so weird. Like when I graduated college, like I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Like, did you think it was that big of a deal when you graduated? Um, ugh. I'm the first person in my family to get a four-year degree. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so for that aspect, it was a big deal. And I was like, yeah. And I, I, I was so ready to get out of there, too, that I was mm. like, let's just get, like, my diploma is, like, in a box somewhere. You know, like, I don't care. Right. Like, I'm so, I was so ready to, like, be done, like, get it and get out, you know? Uh -huh. And then last minute, we have this stupid writer's comp exam mm -hmm. everybody has to take. And the last minute I found out I didn't pass. The day I took it, I'm a good writer! But the day <laughs> I took it, it was like thunderstorm, like flash flood warnings. Oh, God. Like, and I raced to this building and like, it was just like, the whole day was just a nightmare. Oh. And I guess I didn't pass it. <gasps> yeah, it's like a written essay. So I had, I had like, you know, like A grades and, um, I can get into grad school grades. Yeah. And then, uh, I, because I failed the writer's comp, I had to go back and retake it and yeah. I returned it, it was fine. Yeah. So, so that was a little stressful. So I was just like, well, am I really going to graduate? Cause it's dumb, right? So I don't like standardized tests. You know, I'm, the test make me anxious and like. <laughs> Standardized test, and it wasn't standardized, but it was just like that everybody's required to take this stupid writing comp. Like, what have we been doing? Yeah, like, I agree. 
Ugh, yeah. yeah. I don't know why universities do that. I know so many people who are like that, like mm-hmm. somebody who had like literally one credit dangling mm-hmm. and th- they couldn't get through to administration and be like, look, this doesn't count. Like I, I'm a straight A student, my major, my department, like they, they know I'm, gr- I'm a great student. Um, this one thing and you can't just overlook it. And they're like, no, you're, you're not going to get your diploma. And it's like, they spent like tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars going to that fucking school and they're going to fucking hold that shit over them. That's so messed up. I've seen that happen so many times and it's ridiculous. I agree. Education's so expensive too. Like it is, it is like, it's my husband just went back to grad school and he went to his school's like one of the cheapest grad schools, like in Mm -hmm. the nation, but a great film school. But a great film school. Yeah, they only took 14 people. I'm going to brag on him. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it's a great Um, school. Yeah. Yeah. But he, but it's like looking at financial aid stuff. It's like, I I don't know. I just can't, I can't. And it took me forever, like, to pay off my, my school loans. And like, we sued my dad over it. Yeah. Like, it, like, like, because I didn't grow up around my dad, but he was like, ordered to pay half of it. And then he didn't. And we went to court and we lost. And it was like this. Oh, my God. Yeah, drama, drama. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what we're here talking about. <laughs> I'm so anxious about these. I do. Yeah. Do you like teaching? Um, I do. Uh, I think teaching is very difficult. I don't think it's something that comes naturally to me. I have to work at it very much. And um, when I first started TA, I was the worst. Like even I would have hated me, you know, like I hated myself TAing. I I was like very afraid of the students. I was intimidated by them. Um, I felt very little, I had very little confidence in myself and my abilities. And uh, so all of that just is a recipe for disaster. So my first TA ship went poorly. And then you know, as the quarters, as the years progressed, and as I did more TA ships, I, I figured out a way to improve a little bit each time. But I think being able to master teaching takes a lifetime. I don't think it's something that comes overnight. Did you have some good teachers yourself? Did I have good teachers? Uh, gosh, yes, I had a, uh, uh, yes, the answer is yes. Um, I had a first I think of, I had a clown teacher who was great. Yeah, I yeah. Clowning. I wanted to talk to you about clowning. Can you talk yeah, about I that? Yeah, uh, uh, intensive with Aitor Bazaar, Bazari, Bazari. Okay. Uh huh. And um, um, he's amazing. Probably like one of the best teachers I've ever had. Like huh. so good. And um, yeah, it was just a week, but it was like all day and mm-hmm. and late, and um. I feel like clown is also a weirdo thing that it's like, I feel like it's like this weird, like ethereal, like we're not really going to explain it. You got to kind of figure it out for yourself, but he mm. does explain it. You mm. still figure it out for yourself. Does explain it in the best way I've heard, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I'm very like practical and I like, I like, like, this is a recipe. This is how you do it. This is a list of things to do. You know, like, I like very practical, like, this is how things are explained. Right. And that whole, like, wishy-washy, like, oh, you know, it's like, you got to find your own. Like, I understand, like, finding your own voice and finding yeah. your own clown. But at the same time, it's like, I feel like I've paid so much money and nobody can really explain this. And I feel like it's almost like this game they're playing where they're like, you know, oh, you got to figure it out, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> 
tell me so I can explain it so I can apply. And I know, like, clowns get out of your head. I don't, brr, I don't know. <laughs> what, what made this teacher a good teacher? Like, uh, dares you in ways you don't think you're being dared? Like, we did this whole thing where the class had, like, they had this huge, like, jump rope. And everybody had to jump in and out of the rope and stuff. And it was, and, like, it was actually scary because I didn't realize how, like, oh, I don't know how to jump rope. I was like, why are we doing this? And then it was like, oh, look, I just accomplished something I didn't think I could accomplish. Okay, uh... you, got me, you got me, you know. Okay. And, like, we wore costumes the entire time. Like, I was a spider for a week. Uh-huh. And you could do whatever. You chose spider? Yeah, well, I happened to have a spider costume, okay. you know, as you do, as you, as you What do. was the purpose of that? Just to kind of get you out of your head and just to, um, yeah, because you weren't, you weren't exploring the character, because you don't explore, it's you, it's not a character. Uh-huh. It's always you. Uh-huh. So you weren't, like, exploring a character, you weren't, mm -hmm. like, putting on a costume to put it on a character, mm -hmm. but I think it was, like, just to, like... I don't want to say humiliation, but mm -hmm. like in a way to get beyond yourself, hmm. you know, because it's like, I look ridiculous mm -hmm. in a spider costume, mm -hmm. like get over yourself. You know, yeah, get up, get up beyond yourself. Yeah. A lot of times in clown, um, they beat you up. Like huh. they can be so mean to the point where you cry, you know, huh. like who the, the, your peers or the, the teacher, teacher. The oh. teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but I feel like he was rough, but in no means was anybody going to cry. And if mm. you cry, it was okay, you know, but he wasn't, he wasn't that extreme. He was like, let's just play and have fun versus mm -hmm. your shit. You need to feel like shit. And then you can find your clown. Hmm. Yeah. You know? I think Which there's a lot of that, like among, especially with acting, yeah. like acting coaches, like they kind of aim to break you down mm -hmm. and there's a purpose behind it, but it's also... A bit violent like there's definitely the whole um how do you say the whole concept of like fil male film directors breaking their actresses yeah. you know taking them to the to the brink like they did yeah. with them like Lars von Trier did with Bjork for instance you know like turned her off acting forever you know mm -hmm. and uh yeah there's that whole thing I don't know what what it is with that Hitchcock what's did that, didn't Hitchcock he? definitely did that did a lot of a lot of directors Kubrick yeah all yeah. the so-called greats. Yeah. And I don't understand it because I feel like it's so, like, uh, like, I think the DP needs just as much, like, mm. DPs are just as important as directors. Oh, I think, huge. You know? Huge. And I feel like it's a, uh, it's a, uh, 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 it's a team. It's a team. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think there's this emphasis on the so-called auteur and yeah. that, that's why the weight goes on the director the male director the filmmaker yeah. the the auteur and you know that that theory has been debunked time and time again especially among cinema scholars you know like as we all as anybody knows who's worked in the industry they know that filmmaking is does not come from just the director come yes. every single person mm -hmm. involved has a huge you know weight to them like you say the dp the editor oh my god the editor brings so much um mm -hmm. the and the actors themselves also can function as auteurs so yeah it's um i think the romanticization of the director the filmmaker the great man filmmaker i think that has sort of um 
yeah, placed emphasis on the director and given them this status that they don't really own, to be honest. Or ego, too. <laughs> like, so many of them, it's like, oh, ego, like, you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's funny because, like, I've, I've done um, some TV and commercials and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think I've had, I've only had one female director. Mm -hmm. oh, I've had ADs, first ADs, but yeah. one director on a tv show like mm. and yeah and then i had a female director on a web series mm -hmm. and i don't think i've ever had a commercial female director ever ever mm. yeah how did you get into clowning i mean i know that you you're from indiana that's where you were born yeah. and raised yeah. and then you wanted to get into show business so is that when you just moved straight to la or was there some in-between place i so i uh started it with dancing i danced forever i dan danced forever and then um i started doing um improv in high school and i did musical theater in high school and then uh i went to ball state university uh -huh. and at ball state it was like you had to decide you had to audition for your major and i was like oh do i do musical theater or do i do straight acting and i decided i never was a great singer uh -huh. and um so i just decided you know i'm just gonna do and also i just i enjoy acting the most i uh -huh. think um yeah 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 and i'm short so it's like i don't not really the body I'm not the best chorus girl you know <laughs> i'm real short not the best chorus girl real short you know and i'm not so I was like, okay, I'll do, I'll, yeah. And I just liked acting better. So I went, did acting, I majored in acting in college. And in college I had a, uh, I did a semester of Commedia dell'arte, uh. which is the mass clown. Uh -huh. And I cried like every other day. And it was like one of the hardest classes I've ever taken. It was so hard. And then I had a professor who was like, you should do, go to LA because you're a weirdo. You're quirky. <laughs> It's like that's great that's great you know so you go to like yeah new york and try to be a chorus girl all your life but well, sure you know so I was like, <laughs> okay so i was like uh so i came to la and then i did uh a bunch of a bunch of improv mm -hmm. bunch of improv where uh well, i did classes i did groundlings mm -hmm. uh ios comedy mm. sports i was on like three improv teams at one time mm -hmm. i was working a full-time job mm. and i cried in my car a lot mm -hmm. and i was just like really frustrated and then my therapist i was pursuing acting at the time mm -hmm. i've done like i did like a i did a mcdonald's super bowl commercial that's huge then, well yeah it was but then i moved to a different agent and like nothing happened huh. And then I like, it was just, I don't know. I cried a lot in my car. My therapist was like, this is a lot for you. Maybe you just focus on stand up. Cause I was just starting stand up at the time too. Mm. And I was like, okay, you're probably right. She's like, write down your feelings, break up with everything and just focus on stand up. It's just like, I'm just doing, I broke up with my improv teams. I was like, I'm just going to do stand up. Mm -hmm. And then I did that for like six or seven years, just doing stand up. Mm-hmm. And then my, uh, this is a long story. This is more than you asked for. No, my okay. uh, now acting manager, mm -hmm. I was hosting a show at the Improv Lab, mm -hmm. and he was there, and he was like, hey, he was a theatrical agent at the time. He's like, I'd like to represent you. And I was like, that would be great. Mm -hmm. so he got me back into acting, and he changed my life, and I adore him, and I'm still mm -hmm. with him. 
yeah, he's now a manager. He was a theatrical agent. He left. Now he's a manager. They took mm-hmm. me and adore him, adore him. And um, stand up is uh, very aggressive. And stand up is like you five minutes, you get up there, you're like, here's joke, 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 joke. You know, right. and you're almost teaching. You're telling the audience, hey, this is the rhythm. Set up, laugh. Set. You know, you're right. telling this is the rhythm. This is how we do it. Mm-hmm. Where clown is a lot more slower, and it's more like I'm going to make eye contact with everybody. <laughs> Make sure we all feel safe. Okay, <laughs> now, oh, I'm going to do something. Did you yeah. see that? Did you like it? You, so it's more exploratory. Uh, yeah. It's a different energy. Uh-huh. And I think there are elements of clown to put into stand-up for sure. Um, I didn't know that you were hosting a show at the Hollywood Improv's The Lab. What show was that? It was just a one-off show. Um, Brett Gilbert, my friend Brett Gilbert brought me in to host it. Oh, that's so, great. It was his show. I don't remember the name of it, but uh-huh. it was his show. It was just a stand-up show, like a showcase? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's so. great. And um, I felt like I bombed so hard that night. Like, I, <laughs> I just, it was so funny because I was like, oh, gosh, this is rough, you know? <laughs> like, I remember going backstage to Brett and be like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> what day of the week was it? Do you remember? Oh, it was like a weekday. I don't know. <laughs> Tuesday or Thursday, baby. I just felt like they were not with me, and because I didn't think I felt like they weren't with me, so I was like, "Oh, we're going weird real fast. We're going hard." <laughs> I was like doing songs in the middle of like I just I don't even know what I was doing. I was just like, "Okay, you're not yeah. on board." So I I don't I uh, tried. I kind of love those kinds of atmospheres, though, as intimidating as they are. Like uh-huh. it's it's similar to how these um, teachers of yours brutalized you and made you like and emphasize like get over yourself. The lesson here is get o- get the fuck over yourself. And like the lesson in stand up, like that's our teacher. Like with stand up comedy, yeah, like some people take classes. I've never personally taken classes, um, but like I I feel like that's the greatest teacher when the room is so dead and it's so empty and it's so late. And it feels like all hope is lost, yes. right? Yes. And those are the nights, like, you know, I like I got passed at the improv, but those are the nights that I get booked, you know? Like midnight, after midnight, like 12.45 a.m., 1 a.m. on a Thursday or the day after New Year's, like, you know, like those days or Christmas Eve, you know? Yeah. And it's like there's nobody there but there are people there there are some people there and it's like and then there's the back of the room like like the the sound guy and the host you know like they're your audience and it's like okay it's super late what do i do you know and then it's like when you win those people there's no greater feeling yes yes and i think those people are there like they are still paying money they still are there you know i've seen so many comics like crap on the audience, the small audience, and be like, "Why are you guys here? I don't want to be." And it's like, no, here, like embrace them more, coddle them, like, yeah, each other, you know. Exactly, like those are the people that are like, you know, that's the room to work. I feel like, and I love those kinds of rooms. Like even at like Flappers, um, you know, like it's like a Tuesday night, mm-hmm. ten p.m. You know, there were literally like 12 comics that just went up before me. Most of them sucked. And then, and, and like about half of those comics yelled at the audience. Right. And then it's like, I'm up. What do I do? Right. 
And it's like, that's an opportunity. That's a fucking opportunity to like win the people that the other guy just lost, you know? I love those moments, you know? I love them so much. And they're the best teachers because it's literally like, okay, all hope is lost. The the ship has sunk, all right? Everybody went down with it. Uh What do we do? How can we salvage it, you know? I love that so much. That situation too, you learn that people appreciate differently. Yes. Like I heard a comic once say like audiences appreciate differently. Yeah. And I had a show one time. Oh gosh. It was the first show before I was married. My in-laws saw me do. I was hosting for Bill Dwyer. And uh, the whole front row was not having it. And they were Mm. so quiet. Wow. And I was like, oh, this is – and my in-laws were there. And I was like, this is not going well, you know. (laughs) And um, they just were not having it. And I was just like, so are you guys a group? Are you together? And they were like, yeah, it's a Christmas party for a group of therapists. So they're not going to be yelling. They're going to be like, mm-hmm. oh, I understand. Oh, funny. Oh, mm-hmm. Like, they're, you know what I'm saying? A group of therapists. They're not going to be screaming and laughing. They're going to be like, oh, yes. Oh, mm-hmm. that, was, that was concerning, but okay. That's, I can see the humor in that. And at the same time, though, like, I don't know. Like, at least 60% of my act was about, like, my trauma. Own, the trauma and mental illness. And I was like, oh, this is dance. And it was so fun. And I feel like I was just performing for them. And I yeah. laid on stage. I talked about all the self-help books I read. And like, like, I was just like, I just want your approval. You know, I yeah. just want my approval. I just want your approval. Like, we just... And I don't know if my in-laws were bored. And, like, I went to the back and go to the back. Like, bring on first comic. Yeah. Uh, go to the back. And then, uh, I think there was a feature there and uh, 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 the headliner. And they were like, what is going on with them? Like, you were working it. You were working it. They yes. were just not. It was like, they're a therapist. Yeah. They're slow with you. They're just not going to hoot and holler. And that's yeah. That's okay. It's like you had to coach the comics into understanding a therapist's reaction to comedy. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's okay. They're with you. You know, they're going to take it in, reflect. They're going to, you know, hear what you're saying. Oh, God. You know, they may not uh, be screaming and hootering and yeah. hollering, but they're so. But they're taking notes. Yes. Yeah, they're taking notes. Yeah. I'm sure they'll have notes after the show. <laughs> oh that's amazing and yeah it's usually the front row that's the hardest oh it was like 10 of them like it had to be a therapist officers like they were like this is our christmas party and and they were like probably like you know like 50s maybe mid 50s oh wow yeah that's tough like they're not gonna but yeah Yeah. yeah i love that i love that story that's such a great that's so meta it's like the most meta experience ever but I love, like, in improv, there's this saying, like, fall on the knife, hmm. you know, where it's mm-hmm. like, have you heard that? Where it's like, you know, like, a scene's going tanking or something, or, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to murder myself, and I'm going to mm-hmm. fail, and it's going to hurt, and I'm going to humiliate myself, but I got to do it. And I feel Get like when it. you stand up, there's, that's, there's just those shows where you're just like, or even, like, I've seen audiences that just, you know, they don't like women, you mm-hmm. know? And it's like, you see, they're with the guy, they're with the guy. Oh, there's a girl. Mm, there's a guy, there's a guy. Oh, she's not going to tell me anything. I don't care, you know? Right. And then you get up there. It's so, it's true. Like, it I is. hate 
Yeah. It happens. And you know, getting up there, like, this is, I've had one show where I was like, I need to make it to my car before this guy comes out of the show, Ugh. you know? Yeah. Just one show where I was, like, not very nice to him because I felt like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I have a stupid, I will say, a stupid <sighs> confidence uh -huh. in sometimes naivety i don't know what you want to call it with okay. like said things to hecklers or rude audience members that i don't know if i would say if i wasn't on stage mm. do you know what i'm saying of course like if i was just and i've noticed that if i'm an audience member at a show yeah i will aggressively get on and on a another audience member like i'll agree yeah you need to like i will shut them down yeah as a, you know i know it's because we, we we know we're in the business and we know what that's like for the person on yeah. stage i've seen i've seen that i was at a jim jeffrey show in seoul in korea uh, uh, uh -huh. they would not stop heckling jim jeffries you know uh, jim jeffries stand up is long form it's like long form storytelling uh -huh. these people would not stop shouting things in the middle of his, he, he like maybe 25 minutes in he just gave up doing the set that he was uh working on he started falling he started doing only crowd work like he mm. did crowd work for about 15 minutes and then the closer right like the closer the big finale that you're waiting for at every stand-up show right the closing bit he didn't do it he just didn't he recycled an old bit from like eight years ago that he did he just reused that which was mm. like i i'd say that's a big fuck you to the audience you know mm. it's like you paid what, like $70 to come and see me and I'm just going to give you old recycled material that's been on HBO already that's probably on Netflix and you could just look it up so yeah you've been a terrible audience like he didn't say it but mm -hmm. I feel like that was the, a fuck you to us you know mm -hmm. because the audience was just horrible mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's awful that's awful it yeah. is awful when like it's kind of like tennis etiquette <laughs> you know <laughs> like like uh when you go to uh, watch tennis you're not supposed to clap when somebody faults and then oh, okay. the opposing side wins a point. You're not supposed to clap. You're supposed to clap when somebody like d takes a really great shot and then wins that point. That's when you're supposed to clap. You know, um, there are moments yeah. when you should and shouldn't clap. Even in golf, there are all these etiquette, there's rules, right? Yeah. And I feel like with stand up, there's some of that too, even though stand up is like completely base, you know, but it's still performance, it's still theater. And with theater comes etiquette. It is like when people are stupid drunk, which is yeah. at every comedy club, right? When they're yeah. black, like blackout drunk and they can't hold it together and they're shouting and heckling, mm -hmm. being rude, interrupting punch, stepping on punchlines, interrupting yeah. long form deliveries. It's a nightmare. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like bridal showers, bri bridal parties. Yeah. Like they're loud and obnoxious. They wanted to be about them, and it's like we're not here. Like you're yeah. here to be part of this, like you know, this yeah. audience. Yes. 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 So but it's like in those moments when you're the stand-up, when you're the one on stage, that's when you gotta fall on the knife, yeah, and yeah. you gotta be like, all right, well, fuck my material. It's not good. They're not gonna have it. So we gotta make yeah. it about them, and um, it's about being present, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's mm -hmm. the. I, I was talking to Will Hines a couple days ago, and. You know that's what he talks about in his book and that's what he teaches in his improv classes is like mm -hmm. the 
emphasizing the present. But I feel like being present in every moment as an artist is the answer, right? Mm -hmm. Like even when you're doing stand up, yeah, you have your your act, you know, you have the material, but like if the people are not receptive to it, then mm -hmm. be present adjust to the moment adjust to them make it about them and they're gonna laugh real fucking hard mm -hmm. right and then they're gonna have a great night and even though you didn't say a single one of your jokes they're still gonna love you because you mm -hmm. gave them a great time Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it's about the experience it's about the experience more than the jokes yes yes it's about the experience it's about being in this moment with them and I, I love it because it's like this this moment only exists with this audience. This, this specific group of people in this time and this moment will never, ever exist mm -hmm. again. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like with yeah. these specific audience members with you at this time, you mm -hmm. know, and it's influenced by who came on before you, who's mm -hmm. after you, you know? Yeah. Like, what is the day of the week? Like, what <laughs> happened politically today? You yeah. Know? It's all. Yeah. It's yeah. All We're all yeah. connected. Oh, that's so... That's so Buddhist. I love that. <laughs> All right, let's get into some flashcard questions. You ready? Oh, whoa. Okay. Yeah. So let's say you're a 20-something-year-old woman. Okay. You're an orphan, okay? You're also a novelist, all right? And you're trying to break into screenwriting, okay? But you have no assets, no money. Um, the only thing you have is a nice house to your name, which your father built for your family before he and your mother passed away in a car accident when you were a child, all right? Mm -hmm. But one day, your two best friends, um, they're a couple, they tell you that you want a, a free trip to China, okay? Um, but you get to China and you realize that the hotel reservation that they mentioned isn't there. There's no tourist company waiting for you. You're flat broke. You don't even have a plane ticket to get back home. What do you do? Uh... I call them and I say, please help me, friends. Can you send me money or can you help me to buy a plane ticket? What if they're not picking up? I mean, of course, that's what she does, but okay. they're not uh, picking up the phone. They're not picking up. Then I, uh, oh, gosh, uh, <laughs> I don't want to strip just yet. I don't want to strip just yet. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to hold that off a little bit. Uh. I do I have any other friends I can call to help? It's weird. Uh no. Oh, it's just gosh. these two friends. Okay. Yeah, very weird. No family. Okay. Not, not even uh -huh. distant relatives, just no parents, no family. Okay. Just these are your friends, the only ones. Um I uh then I Take a job as a nanny and live with the family as a nanny. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. To okay. save money and then get back like, home? Yeah, to go back. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's say you're the same woman. All right. Okay. You get back to your home in Seoul, but you realize that your friends stole your entire savings and they sold your house to some asshole of an actor. You're a homeless bum. What do you do? Uh, murder them. <laughs> murder them. Yes. I murder my friends. Okay. With a stick that I found on the road. 
and the lid of a of a trash can that I found on the road. Okay, very cost efficient. Doesn't yes. doesn't break your bank. Okay. Yes. And then I also murdered the actor and moved back into the house. <laughs> and I I throw the bodies. I bury the bodies in the basement. <laughs> But I get a, uh, like, a, I try to find, like, a bleach situation that'll, like, dissolve the bodies. Oh, my God. Makes it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Murder. Very Sopranos. Murder. So you're still this broke homeless lady. But, again, you, you meet this world-famous actor. Okay. In fact, you met him on the flight to China. Okay. okay. And... When you guys are back in Seoul, he asks you to marry him in order to get back at a crush that rejected him. In exchange, he agrees that upon divorce, he will give you back your house. What do you do? Um, I marry him. Mm -hmm. I make sure there's a prenup in place mm -hmm. where I want to get my house. And mm -hmm. I'm also going to throw in some other treats in there, too. Like I want a puppy dog. I want a golden doodle dog. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I need some boots, so I'll get some boots in there. <laughs> and then I marry him, and we try to work it out. We try to be like, hey, this could be a thing, you know? Oh, okay, yeah, it could be a real yeah. marriage. All right. Yeah. But if it doesn't, yeah. you have your boots and your pup and your house. And my prenup, yeah. And then if I have to murder him, <laughs> I murder him to keep my house and get out of the prenup. Okay, yeah. you always have murder to fall back yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. All right. Great. Let's say your fake husband took you out for a drive, a joy ride. Okay. And he was going to buy you a birthday present because it's your birthday. He was going to buy you dinner, but uh -huh. his old crush calls him and says she needs to see him immediately. So he drops you off in front of the mall and tells you to wait for him. And he goes to see her. What do you do? Um, well, I, could, did I take his credit card before he dropped me off? Strangely, no. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, no. Do I have money on me? I guess some. Not a lot. Okay. okay. I go drink by myself. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go drink by myself. I'm going to have an Auntie M's pretzel. Um, I'm going to have a cookie. I'm going to have a Sally Fields cookie. Nice. Sally Fields cookie. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm going to drink by myself. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. So you would hit, like, the Ruby Tuesdays bar, and then yeah. you would hit the food court. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, after I'm well drank up, I would call the girl. I'd yeah. call the girl, and I'd be yeah. like, listen, I murdered before. I murder you. I'm really I've done it before. Yeah. It's yeah. very easy. Yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd let her know to stay away from my man. My okay. Fake, my fake man. Good. All right. Yeah. Got to Got to protect what's yours. Final question. Okay. Oh, that's fun. Okay. Now that your fake husband um, is unavailable, okay. right? Because you're married to him. His old crush wants him. Oh, you know how bitches get. Mm -mm. And she keeps calling him. And he goes to see her at her beck and call, like, all the time. All right? Meanwhile, you're developing feelings for your fake husband. What do you do? I uh, say, hey, fake husband, 
This is a thing. I, we have romantic times together with our golden doodle. And we like, oh, we spend, I make sure that we have quality romantic times together. Uh-huh. And I try to explain to him, like, listen, she's only, we, she's bad news. We know she's bad. I try to, I try to reason. I start with hmm. reason. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Romance and reason. That's what I start with. <laughs> okay. And then, uh, if he's still like, oh, but I got to call her back. Oh, but I wonder, her name's Brittany. That's what I said. Yeah. I wonder how Brittany's doing. <laughs> Then I uh, uh, say, oh, why doesn't Brittany come over? Why doesn't Brittany come over? And the two of us can, the three of us can have it out. Like, I make it sound sexy. <laughs> and then Brittany comes over, and then I murder her <laughs> in front of him and the dog. Oh, like, my God, the dog, too. Yeah, and the dog, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I then say, listen, buddy, you married me. You're locked in. Um, I was like, I was like, you either love me or you love the taste of death. What's it going to be? <laughs> and then he's like, he's like, oh, you're right. I loved you all along. Yes. Yeah. And then, and then he, cause we got so many bodies in the basement. <laughs> yeah. He takes Brittany's body and throws it into the ocean. Uh huh. So he disposes of the body for me. So yeah. now he's like in it with me. Right. So that- yeah, and, and it's out of love, not out of fear. Right, right, right. Totally out of love. Yeah, yeah, he did that for me. Yeah, I love you as much as murder. Yes, yes. That's yes. real love. That's deep yeah. love. In a golden doodle. Yeah, yeah. All right. That's great. Yeah. That wraps up our flashcard series. Woo! Yeah, it was uh, so lovely talking to you, Natisha. Yeah, it's so good talking. We did it. Oh, my <laughs> we God. We did it. I was nervous, but yeah. we got through and it was fun. It's so good to see you. We did it. Was it was great seeing you. So we're going to talk about Search WWW. It was a TVN drama that came out in 2019. It's a very underrated show. Very, very underrated TV series. Not a lot of people talk about it, but I think it's a really great show that's got a very strong queer energy to it. Um, it's very, very strong. It's not even a subtext. It's like... The text is like, this is a very, like, lesbian drama. I love it. It's got a very intense female same-sex energy to it. It's got very strong, like, queer bulldike energy to it. It's it's fascinating. I think it's a great show. As always, if you have questions for me, you guys, just email me, all right? Email me. Reach out. Kdrama at gmail.com. So easy to remember. Okay? And then you could follow me on all the socials. Hello. You can follow me on Twitter. You can follow me on Instagram. You can follow me on TikTok. I have fun videos and things on there for you to look and check out. Okay? At KDrama School. All the handles are the same. And then subscribe to YouTube. Yes, you can watch this podcast on YouTube. Hello. At KDrama School. Look it up. It's there. I'm there. All right? And folks, if you haven't already, please leave a review right? Like just go to Apple Podcasts, just leave a five-star rating, leave a little review, say something nice, you know, whatever. If you learned something, you know, if you learned something you never knew before, just just say you you appreciate that I'm dropping some knowledge. If, if you laughed at something that went on in, in any of these episodes, just say, I laughed. It was funny. Say something nice. It's hard to say nice things. It's hard to say nice things about people sometimes. It takes effort. But let's get into the practice of saying nice things. And you can start 
with me and K-Drama School. So that is all for today. I really appreciate you.